Hi, welcome to the Bookish Society podcast. My name is Jen Naughton, and this is the place you want to be if you would like to listen to me talk to your favorite new middle grade authors. I geek out, they tell us about their new books, and then you go buy their books. It's win-win. Welcome to the Bookish Society podcast. Hi, Esme. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'll give an intro because it's been a while since we've been here. Oh my gosh. I have a new bookish sign behind me. It's so fancy. It's very nice. It's in case I forget what I'm doing. Oh yes, I'm at work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Jen Naughton and this is the Bookish Society. I'm a literary educator and a longtime homeschooling teacher. Uh, I have a book called How to Homeschool the Kids You Have, and now you can get it everywhere after Woo-hoo! many delays. Yay! I wish you would order it from an indie store, but you can also get it through Amazon Prime, which I know is most people's go-to. Um, today, I'd like to introduce you to Esme Syme Smith, author of my newest favorite book, Sir Callie and the Champions of Helston. Yay. Esme, welcome. Thank you so much. So you've got your tea. I do have my tea. It's a very large tea and it says I can and I will. So I shall. Yes. yes. All right. So what's what's your brand? What's your brand of tea? My brand of tea? Um, I'm a PG tips person because oh. I am British and I need my good tea <laughs> and it's really hard to find in America. Um, so one year my wife decided to get me tea for our anniversary and it wasn't just like a little box of like 20 tea bags it was a full-on sack of i want to say 1200 um so so we buy in bulk now and we divvy up between like baggies and i'm good for like six months oh my gosh you're gonna have to give me your source on that because i order pg tips from amazon i yeah but like i've never seen one that big (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'll send you the link. It's it's large, but it's um yeah you know the amount of tea that I go through. It's very expensive to buy in reasonable quantities because I'm not it, a reasonable quantity tea drinker. Of course um, not. Well, no. it's like uh you know it's like your life force. You it really is. Like I drink tea the way other people drink water. Sure. Yeah, well, and it um, is water. There's water. In it, exactly. It's like it's like vegetables and water. That's that's basically what it is. Um, I remember when I was like little and I didn't like drinking like juice or soda or squash and like my my family was pretty worried about me because I wasn't hydrating and you know what if you don't hydrate you dehydrate. Um, (laughs) I've never heard that but I love it. And then one day I was just like sitting with my grandpa I must have been like 10 and I was just like I'm gonna drink some tea and I never looked back so now I drink peachy tips and orange Gatorade and nothing else. Oh my gosh okay so I gotta tell you so I'm a mix of a lot of nationalities, but a lot of Irish and mm-hmm. Scottish. I'm mostly Irish and Scottish, but I married someone who's 100% Irish. Mm-hmm. And so all his family is still in Ireland. So when my kids were little, my father-in-law introduced them to tea when they uh-huh. were like toddlers, right? So it would be mostly milk then. Caffeinated. He also, he also paired it with a sandwich that I, I all I can think of is it's like a very poor rural Ireland sandwich or a depression era sandwich. So the kids would get their tea with granddad 
and their butter, cheese, and sugar sandwich. Oh my goodness, that does sound very Irish. <laughs> right? And so he'd butter the bread and throw a slice of cheese on it, and then sprinkle white sugar, and then throw the other br- piece of bread on top. I mean, this is perfect. You got the salty, the sweet, you know, it sounds like a great oh combination. Oh my gosh. Oh, so, I yeah, love that. So that's a great um, image. They'll remember that forever. Uh, I know. And now it's like, now that's like their comfort food. And I'm like, oh, you guys go ahead. <laughs> you can go deal with that yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'll drink the tea part, but like, oh, mm, that's a, that's a rough. weird, weird sandwich. But you know, what are you going to do? Old people. <laughs> I love old people. You know? Um, so, hey, I'm, I'm cheating a little because we've already met. Probably why we're so, we're so relaxed. We're just chit-chatting. Um, you came to visit Bookish, and the kids were just over the moon excited. It was literally the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, especially the student that calls herself the queen of everything. Oh my god, what an icon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know, right? She just knows who she is, man. I am the queen of everything. Call me. I love that. Like, good for her. I know. I wish I, <clears throat> I, wish I had been that well-adjusted when I was 11. Right? Oh my gosh. Um, so, I want to ask you this again. What books inspired you to think of Callie's story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, obviously, the Tamora Pierce books, I was super invested in the Alana and Cal books from the Tamora Pierce series um, when I was 10. Um, and I really just related to these, you know, feisty kids who were stuck in this world that felt very, like, not, not quite for them. Um, and they really just like fight for their identity. They fight for their right to do what they want to do the same as everyone else. Um, and I love those books. Um, so when it came to the, the Panini, I was like, <clears throat> you know, what makes me happy? What, what haven't I written yet? Um, and I was like, oh man, I remember those books. I want to, I want to write my own, you know, I want to write my own kid night book who like is fighting for their identity in a world that's not quite for them. Um, so that was really the, the crux of Callie. It was it was a lot of joy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was the Tamora Pierce books mostly. Um, I had also been watching a lot of Avatar um, and I love, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender and I love all the different characters and like how different they are and how they find their, their similarities in, in this world as they find their common cause. Um, so I guess Callie is a mixture of <laughs> Alana and Aang. <laughs> That's a great mix, actually. It's a good mix. <laughs> I'm I'm happy your brain thought that up. Yeah, me too. My goodness. So, you can never play trust brains to do what you want them to do, so sometimes they hit gold. Some yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes they really come through and then other days they're not so dependable. Uh, um so what surprised you the most when you were writing? Like do, okay, I guess I gotta back up a little. Do you are you like an outliner? Like, did you plot this all out or were you like, did anything happen? Let me put it this way. Did anything happen when you were writing that you weren't expecting? Oh, everything, everything happened. Okay. Um, so I, since I got my agent, um, I tried to become a plotter. Um, that's what everyone told me to do and it felt very safe. But um, at the end of the day, I am a pantser and that is my happy <laughs> Okay. Um, but when it came to writing Callie, I had this like little tiny seed of an idea. Um, so I went away and I just drafted a really quick outline in my notebook. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I have this kid night. I have 
a soft prince and a fiery girl and those were, that was my trio and that was the basis of everything else and like so much so much changed um but also like the core of the story didn't which honestly i think is the most surprising <laughs> the fact that like this this trunk of the tree of the story never changed once um until i got my editor um but um, something that really surprised me was originally Callie was a girl, like a she-her girl, totally cis. Um, and I was, I was writing it and I was writing a scene between Callie and Elwyn and Callie's kind of like unpacking their like toxic masculinity because that's what we all go through. And they were very much like, oh, I'm not like other girls, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, huh, this doesn't feel right. Like, I don't think... They want to be a knight because they don't want to be a girl and i don't think they want don't want to be like other girls because they're not like other girls and i was like oh they're not a girl that that's what it is you know that, that kind of, <laughs> mm, turns that's out complicated and then i had to like take a step back because <clears throat> one you know callie is such a me character like i really had to delve into my own like prejudices to to write callie especially between callie and ellen um and I'm like, oh, <clears throat> what does this mean for me? And <laughs> so I had to step, take a step back and be like, oh, I'm not cis either, am I? <laughs> so like we were kind of, <laughs> I know, we were kind of working it out together. Um, I, I figured I'd be teaching Callie about themselves, but it turns out that Callie was teaching me about myself much more. Um, they're just like the bookish kids. Like they're so much better adjusted than I am. <laughs> I wish I'd been like Callie when I was 12, but like that was not going to happen. Um, so yeah, that was a big life revelation through okay. some drafting, yeah. you know, that's how it goes sometimes. That is how it goes sometimes. That's so great though. I love it because like books is such a good, um, safe place to discover yourself. Um, and we always talk about that in reading, but it happens in writing too. Yeah, that's true. Well, they so much go together, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like if you're a big reader, um eventually you're gonna you're gonna write something because you just have been exposed to so many stories that eventually your brain is gonna be like hey what if this and this and this you know exactly and you realize that like oh man i can do that i can create the magic that i love so much and how cool is that <laughs> yeah oh gosh okay so i'm gonna skip to that i don't even know if i wrote it on our outline how did you decide on the magic system? Because we were just talking about magical systems. At I hate so. magic systems so much. Um, I always call myself a fantasy writer who wishes they weren't. Um, because oh. if I could write fantasy without magic, I would. I okay. hate I hate writing magic systems. Um, but it made sense to me. And to me, because I've always been a fantasy writer, because for some reason that's the genre I, I It's whatever I you like to read. I, I know. I love it. I love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. Um, but for me, magic is such just like, it's an innate thing. It's like inspiration. It's, a, it's like talent. It's like, it's a little bit different for everyone. Um, so I always really avoid kind of, um, like calling it a name or like overanalyzing it or giving it like scientific fact. I'm just, you know, everyone has a little bit of magic and, you know, everyone has a little bit of magic in a different way to a different degree. Um, right. So it is just so tenuous, you know, it's just yeah. like personality. <laughs> it is, um, yeah. But so your system is so straightforward. That's what yeah. I liked about it. It wasn't, it wasn't like super hard to grasp, 
I don't mean that. I don't no, mean that no. like, oh, you're so simple. No, I love that though, because, you know, I had a lot of conversations with like my agent and my editor and like, you know, reviewers have mentioned it too. And they're just like, you know, it's it's kind of vague. I'm just like, it's supposed to be, it's just, it just is, it's, it's individual. And, um, yeah. you know, as far as the world of Cali goes, you know, the, the parent in that lot, they say like, oh, only girls have magic, you know, it's not a good thing. It's, you know, it's dangerous, but, um, you know, I feel like that's a metaphor for individuality um, sure. because I feel like so often magic systems are used as like a metaphor for like neurodiversity or like, you know, being queer and like just like the differences between us um, yeah. and just being yourself. You know, I think there's so much power in being yourself. Um, so I think at the very crux of it, that's the magic system because, you know, um, Elwyn knows who she is. You know, yeah. and she knows what she wants, and that's why her magic is so strong. You know, Willow grew up knowing who he was, but it's kind of been diminished a little bit. And but like he knows what's beautiful about himself, and he can create these beautiful things. And you know, Edwin has been this like you know beaten down so badly, but like he has this tiny little spark still inside of him because yeah. you know he has Elwyn to inspire him and Willow and Callie and like you know as he comes into himself that little seed like grows and blossoms and it gives you the confidence to be who you are and to like find the power inside of yourself if that means so I think everyone has a little bit of magic even even parent <laughs> oh yeah oh and speaking of Edwin and Elowen they couldn't be more different for being siblings and I think I... that's so funny because I think they're so similar okay well I don't know I mean I just I kind of looked at it because I have five kids and my kids mm -hmm. are all completely different, mm -hmm. but yet have some of the same traits. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're all completely different paths, right? They couldn't be more different, raised all the same, the same parents. I love that. But while they're the same, they're all completely different. And that's just what I saw. I mean, that's okay. That's the whole thing that I really, really like as a mom about Sir Callie, about the whole setup right mm -hmm. was that it was very real it was it was you were in this fantasy world but it was exactly how families work thank you that's you that know? was really important to me because i feel it's so much like missed opportunity to write diverse families yes um especially um callie's dads <laughs> one of callie's dad has um i'm diagnosing him as adhd Oh, 100% absolute disaster. I love him <laughs> right. so much. He has so much, like, undiagnosed spiciness. Um, yes. But because he's, like, stuck in this, like, you know, this kind of toxic masculinity, but, like, that suits him very nicely. He doesn't need to change. Yes. But the whole fact that, you know, Callie knows she's got to, like, kind of, um, you know, Put her hand in and like make sure like, that, that like. he's like getting dressed and that he's eating <laughs> you know and it sounds it sounds so funny but that's what we do for each other in a family right it's like that's everybody's true. got their own strengths and weaknesses and not that adhd is necessarily a weakness but it is a difference it can be if you forget to eat <laughs> it can be exactly it can be you know like if you're running out the door and you don't you know have 
you know, you go on one sock on and you don't know where your keys are. I mean, exactly. it's helpful if your family's like, here, let me help you. <laughs> exactly. And like, I really love just like, you know, I talk about like, there are different kinds of smart. It's so true. And yes. um, for Nick, especially like, he's this like, awesome hero. He can fight dragons. He's like, he knows what he's doing. He can lead armies, but like getting up in the morning, that's way beyond his capability. That's very hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If only there were those like really sonic boom alarm clocks in your world, you know, oh my God. <laughs> that's what you need. I think it probably wouldn't last very long. He'd smash it real fast. That's true. That's true. Cause that's what, that's what people do when they don't really like getting up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so let's see. Okay. What else did I have? Oh, NaNoWriMo. Um, you can write fast because you've done it a bunch of times. <laughs> I can write fast, but also my brain says, no, thank you. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I have the, the, the enormous frustration of knowing that I can, but I don't want to. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, do you have that thing where the um the circumstances have to be exactly correct like if anything uh, is off then it's like no not not right unfortunately i do but i'm also like i'm cognizant enough to know that's stupid yeah, um well, so i just beat myself up about it for like 24 hours uh, it's fine um yeah i'm my brain is very not great um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like I've done, been doing NaNoWriMo since 2013. Um, I do it religiously. Callie was a, a NaNoWriMo project in April, um, which is Camp NaNoWriMo. So you can choose your choose your own word count goal. Um, yeah. But like, thank God I've done NaNoWriMo. Like, I really, I really feel for the authors who spend years and years on their books, you know, getting it perfectly right, taking their time, and then suddenly they're on deadline. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, I don't understand how you can you know, change that much. Cause it's been tough for me, like having to revise so fast. So I can only imagine what it would be like if you'd taken five years to like write your book and then suddenly you have one year to write the sequel. Yeah. Cause everyone's on the same deadline. It's, it's wild. And like, luckily I'm, I write middle grades. So like, they're not super long. They're longer than most middle grades, but, um, you know, I, have, I have a friend, Chelsea Abdullah who writes, um, adult fantasy. Um, uh -huh. She wrote the amazing Stardust Thief, the sequel of which is out in May, I believe. Um, <laughs> but poor Chelsea, she writes long. Um, so her drafts can go for like 300k and then she has to cut back. So she, I know she's struggling with her um, sequel right now because like there's just no time. There's no time. So you have to go into a cave and God help you if you have to work as well. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, I, I want to mention that to all the people not in the book world out there, everybody works. <laughs> it's like the very rare person that doesn't actually exactly. have a regular job on top of writing these amazing No, it's, it's super rough. Like I, I find myself very fortunate that I can cut down to like very part-time. Um, and like for me, that is a big achievement of as writing full-time because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just not, it's not feasible anymore and that's okay. But um, I love my, my day job. I work with babies in daycares oh. and um they're so cute i love them so i can like take time away from like my computer and my keyboard and just go touch some grass <laughs> stroke yeah, some baby yeah. heads do with some poop and it's great and that's great yeah. yeah that's awesome um so i would ask you what's happening next for callie but we don't want to spoil book <laughs> two. um so how long are we waiting for book two 
Um, I think I, it's coming out um, November 7th of 2023. Um, all the details will be released on the 24th of this month, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's starting to pop up across the interwebs, um, but I'm not allowed to announce it until the 24th because <laughs> we're like letting fair. things roll out. But um, no, I'm really, really excited for book two. Um, I think it will surprise a lot of people, but hopefully in a good way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do you think um, there'll be a book three or does it depend on sales? And now because of spoiler alerts, we're going to go to a quick Bookish Society commercial. This March, we'll start registration for both our summer and our 2023-2024 Bookish Society classes. This summer, we have a DIY clothing alteration class, an LGBTQIA club, a Minecraft club, a Studio Ghibli movie club, a Kane Chronicles book one club, a Magnus Chase the Sword of Summer book one club, <laughs> question mark. <laughs> and in the fall, winter, spring, we're going to have graphic novel classes for kids, tweens, and teens. We'll have Minecraft Club. We'll have art history. We will have exploring the world through story levels A and B combo for older learners. We will offer exploring the world through story level D two days a week, level E two days a week, and a combo level E and F, which will be four days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We also will offer our world building class, our tween lit class, our house of Olympus class, and teen lit. We hope that we'll see you over at our uh, website, thebookishsociety.com um, around the first week of March. If you follow us on social media, you'll be spammed with uh, all our registration is open. So with that, we'll get back to Esme. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read it. I read the first page. It was just like flawless prose, absolutely perfect. And I couldn't read it because it was going to mess with my middle grade voice too much. Oh, you're going to love it when you read it. That's my other favorite book. Oh, I'm so excited. I love Addie. Um, so The House in the Cerulean Sea is an adult book that kids can read and I feel like Sir Callie is a kid's book that adults can read. I love that. That's such a good analogy. Oh my goodness. You know? Um I think you'll like them both. Uh Addie LaRue is definitely for adults, but it's so Victoria Schwab is like I love amazing. her. I just want to be Victoria Schwab, but also Neil Gaiman. Like I oh love those. Both oh, of those. Heck yeah, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Oh hashtag goals. Mm, for real. I know. Um, so do you avoid reading? I was going to ask you about reader's block, but okay. I think a better question would be, so do you just, you don't read anything while you're writing? No, I do read because like, I, I genuinely believe that you have to read as a writer, like whether that's, um, yeah. you know, physical reading or audiobooks or whatever, like whatever suits you, you've got to be, you know, consuming stories in whatever right. form. Sure. Um, and also, like, I, I find that literally I can physically feel my creative well being filled up as I read. <laughs> um, but I will say I read predominantly middle grade um, because, you know, I feel like it's a good connection to the marketplace. These are my peers. 
Um, yeah. I love Little Grey stories with my whole heart. Like, they're just such a joy to read. Um, they're really short, so I can, like, zip through my TBR. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I know. And then I, I look at all the, like, the, the grown-up books that I want to read. They're all, like, a thousand pages. And I'm just like, mm. I could read three I don't have time for that. In space for that. Like, you don't get yeah. credit for <laughs> the pages. Exactly. Um, like, I, I definitely go through reading blocks. Um, last year, I forced myself out of it because I wanted to support my debut friends, which was really good. I didn't read as many as I wanted to, but whoever does. Um, I read much more last year than I ever did. I've only read one book this year which is um, Camp Quilt Bag by Nicole Mellaby and AJ Sass. Beautiful middle grade coming out in, when is it? March. Okay. It's so It's beautiful. Um, it's a, a book about um, two middle graders who go to a queer summer camp and just like the friends they make and like the mistakes they make. And just like, it's such a beautiful community book it's such an immersive experience it's like it's really unique um and something i've never seen before and i'm i'm so excited for kids to be able to get their hands on that yeah i'll look for that i'm gonna go check I'll send you a link to net galley when i'm done here oh yeah <laughs> i've been trying really hard to only um read uh the advanced copies on digital because as much as i love a book book yeah Arts just, is so rare. I would get now. way too many, and I can't take it everywhere. That too. Because you know? like anything that's on my Kindle is also on my phone. So if I'm stuck somewhere, you can I don't really like to read on yeah. my phone. It's a small screen, but I can. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I went to um, the Heartland Full Forum this year, last year, 2022. <laughs> it was a candy shop for grown-ups. Yeah. Um, they had all of these tables full of arcs, and you could just take them. You could just take I books. Know. And, like, I, I went two days because um, my event was the second day. And I ended up taking, like, 20 books home both days. It was ridiculous. Wait, my what was that that you clubs. went to? What? What? Wait, what was it called that you went to? It's called um, Heartland Full Form. Oh, okay. Um, have you like, been to ALA? I haven't. ALA? I haven't yet. I'm waiting oh my for my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's in Chicago this summer. Yes, I heard. I, I have a friend who's been invited. So, like, I'm hoping that it can oh. go. I, I hope really, like, just to meet. Oh, that'd be so great. Oh, maybe we should do that. Maybe I can, um, you know, contact some bookstores or whatever and see if I can it's make a little. It's so fun. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll arrange it. We'll arrange it. Okay. It's so fun. I love going. I love going when it's, you know, within driving distance for me. Um, oh, man. I want to do all It's the so things. great to actually meet authors, you know? Yes. <laughs> I would love and, to go. Maybe we can. And it'll really, I mean, it's. It's a lot of um, outgoingness for you as the author, I would imagine. But mm -hmm. when you see a line of people waiting to tell you how great you are, I imagine that, you know, you could probably push through it. <laughs> I would love to be invited, but, like, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. Fingers we'll crossed. See. Eventually, I bet I'm going to predict you'll be there eventually. If not eventually. this year, then next year. I know. It's okay. It's okay if it's not this year. It's okay. It's okay. Everybody it's can't go to everything. Exactly. But, it's fine. But it would be <laughs> Um, all right. So I want to talk about what, what do you, what else are you reading? Or do you have a comfort reread? Um, the Royal Pierce books are very much a comfort read. Um, okay. they were the few books I brought over from England when I moved here. Um, what else? Um, The Prince and the Dressmaker, the graphic novel is something that I will always go back to. I love it so much. It's so pretty. Have you read it? I have read it. I love it. Oh, it's so good. 
Um, what else? What else? I don't know. Um, I'd say I don't really have a comfort read right now. I mostly have comfort shows where I can just like turn off and watch them. Um, Owl House is my big one. Love Owl House so much. It's on Disney Plus, and yeah, it's just everything that kids' media should be, and it's like it's heavy in the right way and light in the right way, and it has so much depth to every single character. Um, it's just, it's perfect. It's flawless. I love it. Yeah, the bookish kids keep telling me to watch it, and I have You have it, to so. watch it. You'll love it. <laughs> if you like Callie, you'll like Owl House. Okay, good. Um, I did watch Wednesday. Oh, so good! I that love Wednesday. That was so good, yeah. That was so good. I'm excited um, for season two. Yes. Uh, yeah, and they get it, I think it comes out in Britain first, right? So. Oh, does it? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I was great. like, what is this? I love that. Um, so I'm rereading Fable by Adrienne okay. Young. It's YA. Yeah, I've um, heard good things. She, she's right very close uh, to Victoria Schwab for me. Okay, okay. As far nice. as her prose, you just kind of fall into it. Like, She's so lyrical, right? So, um, it's a weird book <laughs> for me to like because I am not a person that wants to be on a boat or diving in the ocean or anything <laughs> like that. But I love the main character, Fable. I love that she's in this world and she's doing that. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you the quick pitch, okay, in case you have time for it. So. Fable is a dredger, which is basically like a person who dives, and she's really good at finding gems, and she can stay underwater for like ages, like longer than everybody else in this world. Um, her father's awful, dumps her on the most like cruel island imaginable, and she has to like fight and work her way off of the island, and she basically needs to prove to him that she can survive. And she does, of course, because strong female characters. And um, she gets tangled up with the crew of the Marigold. And so the book leans into found family. It's not technically about pirates, but it has that vibe to it. Um, lots of ship terminology and, and, and sailing and the diving and all that. So. It sounds amazing. I will definitely pick that up. It was really good. Uh, I love books that you could just like fall into and forget that you're reading and just be like it's so immersive. It was just such a it's a fantasy book but it wasn't like a fantasy world that really seemed familiar at all. It wasn't like oh well, this is like this kind of book or that kind of book. It was totally Oh I different. love that. That's yeah, so cool. So I liked it. I love that. Um, well. And I'll put links to all the books we talked about in the show notes because I'll go back and listen to this whole thing and <laughs> and grab all the names and do that. Um, so, gosh, um, I hope you had fun. I loved having you. I love being here. I love chatting books with bookish people. It's my favorite I know, thing. Right, right, right. It's so like I, I consider myself an introvert, but like I'll make an exception for bookish people. I same. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, if if I can talk about books, which is my special interest, I can chatter all day, but if, exactly. it's great. if I was with, you know, just strangers who didn't read, I would, I would just be standing there. I'd be looking for the nearest cat. I'm going to be talking to this, uh, the pet of the house. And so tell me when we're leaving. Well, it's wild because like, I hate small talk. I hate just like 
talking i hate people but like as soon as someone like mentions reading or writing i'm just like okay i can go for hours <laughs> right i know right and it's so easy i know so hopefully um we'll talk again when yes um, definitely um i'd love to organize like have. a trip to chicago or something and like yeah if you've got connections with so schools or whatever then i would love to do that oh my gosh yeah that'd be great yeah you're not too too far Right no, I'm not too far. And like, if you take the train, it's only like 25 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which is crazy. I know. It's wild. Even better. Oh, uh, gosh. I wrote on my notes, add a sign off here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I guess our, our sign off is going to be like, thanks for listening. I promise it won't be a year and a half before my next podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Esme, for, Thank you for having launching me. me into the world <laughs> of... Hey, thanks for listening. That's all for today. We should say this episode was not sponsored by PG Tips or Neil Gaiman, but we wish it were. Sigh. Uh, if you want to hear more about the Bookish Society, you can head to our website again at thebookishsociety.com or we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, here. And I encourage you to go to your nearest independent bookstore and go go check out Sir Callie and the Champions of Helston because you won't regret it. See you next time. <laughs>